This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody, it's Lon Seiben, and it's time once again for your weekly wrap-up. And today we're going to be talking about a couple of things, including Windows 10S, we're also going to be talking about dressing up the burgers. This will make sense in a few minutes. Dyson vacuums are appearing on all of your favorite tech channels. I'll tell you why. And I will tell you about a new Facebook group that I put together to try to get more of us in a place where we can congregate and communicate. So be on the lookout for that a little later here in the wrap-up. But I do want to start with our uh, usual thank you of people who have supported the channel this week. Mark Dell, Jerry Horton, Kirk Batzer, Denver, Daniel V. and Jay McGill, who gave via the tip jar. Oh, and Sean Zoltek. And if you're a fan of classic game room, you're going to get what that reference was just about. Sean is a fan of both of us, which is great. So uh, thank you, Sean, for your support and everyone else this week. Now, we don't have a sponsor this week, so we have a non-ad for Freedom Pop, which I've been using a little bit here on the channel for some of the smartphones that I get in to test because... My main smartphone is on Verizon, and many of the smartphones we look at, some of those cheap phones from Blue, for example, uh, don't work with Verizon, so I can't just put my SIM card in there to do a test of the phone's data capabilities. So I signed up for Freedom Pop, and I've been using their completely free plan uh, just to have enough bandwidth to do some speed tests and whatnot of their LTE radios on some of these phones. I picked up their uh, SIM kit here for 10 bucks, which I paid for with my own funds, and Freedom Pop runs over the AT&T network, at least in my area, so I'm able to uh, test out some of those phones without having to get a second uh, monthly plan into the budget here, which has been really useful. Uh, When you do sign up for Freedom Pop, you do have to go through and uh, take off some of the things that they try to get you to pay for initially, but once you downgrade the entire plan and click around a little bit, Uh, You will have a completely free data plan that's available to you when you need it. Only about 250 megabytes a month of data that you can use on it before you start incurring charges. But uh, for me, that's been just fine. And I think if you're looking for something just to have a second carrier available to you in case you have a storm or something that knocks out your main carrier, uh, you can switch over to Freedom Pop for that. The only weird thing is how phone calls are made. You can't just use your phone's internal uh, phone thing to make a call. You do have to use their app to make calls. Everything they do is over data, but uh, generally I found it to be working pretty nicely for something that I don't have to pay for. And you can find out more information at lon.tv slash Freedom Pop, and we'll get an affiliate commission if you'd make a purchase there. So let's move on now to the Week in Review. I didn't post anything on the Extras channel, but on the main channel, I had a couple of things you were all were looking forward to seeing. The GPD XD Plus review is up along with a review of a mini PC, the Minix Neo N42C4. We also did my first episode of my long-form podcast, which we did on the whole Newegg controversy that I covered last week. 
Uh, we had an interview with the uh, Connecticut Department of Revenue Services Commissioner Kevin Sullivan about Connecticut's side of the story. And Newegg actually provided me with a statement. Didn't say all that much, but they were kind enough to get us a statement on their side of the story. So all of that uh, was covered in that podcast. You can watch it here on YouTube or download it through your favorite podcast application in audio format. I'm going to do these long-form things about once a month. I've got a couple of topics lined up that I'll be talking about. And if it's starting to get successful, I might pick up the pace and do them twice a month. So stay tuned for that and let me know what you thought of it uh, in the comment section. And we had a sponsored post from Kensington where I detailed what you should know about Thunderbolt docks and why they are better if you have a Thunderbolt 3 port on your computer than going with a USB Type-C dock. You can see all of those videos linked in the playlist down below. And now it's time for a couple of things that are on my mind. This is week 53, a week after our year anniversary. And this was a challenging week because I lost power uh, beginning Wednesday night uh, through Thursday and into Friday. So I really lost a lot of steam on some production because uh, we had this crazy snowstorm that dropped this really big, heavy snow. And it was bringing down tree limbs all over the place. And we had a pretty massive array of power outages here in Connecticut. I'm going to get into a whole host of reasons why this makes me angry, because we have a power monopoly here, just like we have an internet monopoly. And uh, the company over the years has been scaling back all of their tree trimming and maintenance and linesmen to the point where there's nobody left here to actually maintain the infrastructure. So every time the wind blows or we have some kind of snowstorm rolling through, uh, we lose power for longer than we should. In fact, there was only one crew out in my town uh, for a long period of time restoring power. So they should have been back up quicker, but uh, this is what you deal with when you have monopolies that are uh, allowed to just keep profiting without actually delivering services. But we're back up now, hopefully, although I got more snow coming tomorrow. So I'll let you know how we end up in that storm. I also set up a Facebook group at lon.tv slash Facebook group. I've noticed that uh, these Facebook groups do push things out to people more than a Facebook page does. So I still have my Facebook page. I'll still be posting there. But I do want to, I've always been looking for a way to just get more of us together to communicate with each other. And uh, that's been an area where uh, I've not had a lot of success. I tried my own forums on my website, which I'm going to be taking down shortly because those never really took off. We tried the Reddit thing. Not a lot of people went in there. But I'm seeing a lot of other podcasts and YouTube channels having success with Facebook groups. So I'm going to give that a shot now. Uh, so if you head over to lon.tv slash Facebook group and sign up, I will uh, allow you in and we can start chatting about all the stuff that we believe is cool to chat about. So check out the Facebook group. And now it's time for some things in the news that caught my eye this week. And I saw this story on Paul Therott's website earlier in the week about Windows 10S. So Windows 10S came out with the Microsoft Surface laptop. In fact, that was the only version of Windows you could get with it. And Windows 10S was being billed as its own edition. So you have Home and Professional, and then you have Windows 10S. And 10S would only allow you to install software that came from the Microsoft App Store, which I think might be helpful for some consumers who have a habit of installing things they shouldn't by accident, you know, viruses and malware and that kind of thing. And I think there's a, a really good place for it in that sense. But more technically oriented users or other people that just want to install some software that's not in the Microsoft Store uh, may want some more flexibility. So what they offered with the Surface Laptop until the end of 2017 was the ability to uh, convert it over to the regular Windows 10 Home Edition, I believe. Uh, that was a free transition initially, but then they required a license up purchase to uh, get it out of S mode. Uh, and now it looks like they're not going to charge for that anymore. And Windows 10 S is going to be moving from an edition 
to a mode that can be activated on either one of the Windows 10 uh, versions that are out there. So soon you'll be able to get your computer with Windows 10 Home or 10 Pro, according to Microsoft here, and then you can uh, decide whether or not to enable the S mode, which will lock it down. And I think this is probably a better way to approach uh, Windows 10 S, which is not having it as a distinct edition, but having it as a feature that can be enabled or disabled. And to some degree, this is very similar to how the Mac operates now, that uh, you can force the Mac only uh, to install software from the Mac App Store or have some more flexibility in how it works. And I think this is a better way to go about it. Love to know what you think down below in the comment section. And now it's time for a Q&A from you, the viewers. And I got this comment in on one of my tablet reviews from Zakiri, who is noting at 528 in that video that I said, this is about what you should expect out of a $200 tablet, uh, yet its performance was significantly less than the NVIDIA Shield K1, which we've often talked about here on the channel, which at one point in time did cost $200, but unfortunately it is now defunct, which uh, Zakiri was not aware of in the course of this. And he mentions he hopes a new model uh, will come out soon. And I am not optimistic about a new tablet coming out, uh, just from the standpoint of what NVIDIA really did with the sequel to that tablet, which is the, the Nintendo Switch here, because this has NVIDIA hardware. It's running uh, with the essentially the same processor as the Shield TV. Uh, so it's got all the horsepower that would have made it into the sequel uh, to the K1 tablet, yet uh, we've got this thing from Nintendo that from a software standpoint has a lot more available for it at much higher prices. And I think from NVIDIA's standpoint, uh, their hardware R&D is probably better invested partnering up with Nintendo than it is uh, coming up with another tablet. And I would also suspect that's probably why we haven't seen a refresh to the NVIDIA Shield uh, TV either. And to be honest, you know, we're at a point where most of the software for Android really doesn't take advantage of this hardware. And there's not enough of this powerful hardware like the Shield TV and the K1 to uh, justify a lot of development developers porting their applications over to the Android platform. But I think if we are seeing more software out for the Switch, we might see some of that stuff make its way over to Android as well if they can you know, make an easy transition that way because uh, it is the same guts in here. The processor logic is the same. The operating systems might differ a bit, but I think we might see a little bit more coming down the line. But if I was NVIDIA, I'd be spending more time on developing Nintendo's next best thing than unfortunately uh, creating another high-powered tablet for all of us. Now, if you still want to find a K1 tablet, you can, but they're going for a more premium price here. Uh, used ones on Amazon last night were selling for $310 uh, for a tablet that costs $199 new. So there's still some demand for this thing, but I don't think it was a mass market demand, which is uh, quite a different story for the Nintendo Switch, which has a much greater market demand. So I'm not hopeful for a sequel, but we'll certainly review one if there is ever one made available. Now this next question comes in from Charles Griffin, and I'm glad he asked it because this has been an ongoing philosophy of mine. Uh, he mentioned that there was a lot of fingerprints on the Minix PC that I reviewed the other day. So that it makes the device look very unappetizing. And uh, on this channel, I have a philosophy, which is do not dress up the burgers. And in this case, I'll use an example of McDonald's. So this is the double cheeseburger on the McDonald's website. It looks very appetizing, doesn't it? They've got all the onions in the right place. The cheese is falling just the right way. And it looks like a pretty hearty meal. But as you all know, when you go to McDonald's and order a double cheeseburger, it looks closer to what you see here. It's all squished up in its uh, little wrapper and everything else like that. And my philosophy here is that this is what the customer experience is going to be when they buy a double cheeseburger. It's not going to look like this 
deliciously appetizing one. In fact, McDonald's is completely unapologetic about this. They have a video up on YouTube that's had over a million views showing how they dress up the burgers for uh, their advertising. And when I review a product, I want people to see exactly what it's going to look like after they've handled it. Uh, that's very important for uh, tablet devices. I might wipe them down a little bit just so you can see the screen better, for example. But generally, I really want to show you what the product is going to look like after a couple of days of use so you can see what your own experience is going to be like. And in the case of that Minix PC, it picked up fingerprints really easily, and they did not easily come off. Now, I probably should have said that. Uh, in the video, but uh, that really is the experience that I had with it, and you saw what it looked like after a couple of days of handling the product. So again, we don't dress up the burgers here on this channel because uh, there's plenty of other creators out there making things look pretty. Uh, we're going to give you the raw experience here. And via Twitter, I got this note in from Jason Alec, who said I got a neat mention on notebookcheck.net, which is actually one of my favorite laptop review sites to check out. And uh, they had an editorial about a recent slew of Dyson vacuum cleaner videos that started popping up on all of these popular YouTube tech channels. And they all showed up at the exact same time, many of them saying the exact same things. And of course, these were all uh, sponsored posts. And you know, I'll get into some of the disclaimers and how they were done here in a minute. But uh, this kind of does you know, kind of focus on an issue here that uh, there is a growing problem, as they say, in the review community and that I think, and I think they would probably agree with me, that uh, viewers are not getting the whole story uh, from tech creators about these relationships and how these sponsorships work out. And I am not opposed to sponsored content because I do sponsored content. It's a necessary part of my business. But what I decided to do, because I don't have the luxury of a separate sales department, uh, I need to be very transparent with everyone about relationships that I have with companies. So that's why you'll hear me talk about past sponsors, for example. That's part of the law that I have to disclose that I had a prior sponsorship uh, relationship with a company, for example. I talk about how the product got here. I talk about whether or not anyone watched the video or gave me feedback on the video before it was uploaded. Uh, so that way, when someone comes to my channel who's maybe never seen me before, uh, they at least know uh, what all the set of circumstances were behind the video, and they can make an informed decision about whether or not they should believe what I'm saying or not. And that is really the, the bottom line here, I think, in uh, being able to run a pretty much a single person operation here when it comes to uh, editorial and the sales department. So I spent the weekend going through all of these Dyson videos on all of these different channels that Notebook Check linked to in their article. And I wanted to see a couple of things. One, you know, what, what the coordination of messaging was between Dyson and the creators. And if you go through all of these, you'll see that they all uh, pretty much say the exact same things. And in some cases, they all vacuum up the same exact stuff to demonstrate certain parts of the products. So it was clear that this was a very directed marketing campaign. I'm not being critical of this. This is what some brands want. But I think this approach is not compatible uh, with uh, the kind of content that uh, influencers on social media platforms create. And I'll talk a little bit more about that a little later. But most importantly, I wanted to see what the viewer was getting from the creator. Were they properly disclosing things to them and being clear that uh, this was a paid sponsorship and what they're hearing may not be the entire opinion of the creator because there obviously was a coordination with the brand. Again, nothing wrong with this, uh, but you need to disclose things properly and make sure the viewer is aware of all the nuances that went into that production. So I want to step through now a few of these videos and talk about some things that I felt were good and some things that I thought could be done better. And 
Uh, before I get into all of this, my intention here is not to stir up drama. That is not what I'm looking to do. Uh, my concern is that as more consumers feel like everyone they're watching is on the take, it devalues the entire platform. And I think people, if they were just a little more transparent, uh, would give viewers the information they need to make informed decisions and would build trust. And I've been doing these disclaimers now for about two years where I take about 30 seconds and go through all the uh, intricacies of the relationships that I have. And I think people have appreciated that. I think my channel has grown as a result and it doesn't cost you viewership. And uh, this is something that I think needs to be done more often. And I want to bring up first, though, Andrew Edwards and Jim's review room. Uh, because both of these videos called the sponsored post a review, and there's nothing in the law that says you can't do this, but I think a review really reflects somebody's opinion, and uh, an opinion that is not being reviewed before it's uploaded, an opinion is not someone who's being paid to present you information with content that the sponsor, in this case, wants you to present. Uh, so to call it a review, I think, is disingenuous because these are not uh, reviews. They are essentially advertisements for the product. Nothing wrong with doing an advertisement. I do them from time to time, but I don't call an advertisement a review because it isn't. And I think they could have done better there. Both of these folks, though, did mention that they got the product in for free and that it was a sponsored video. So uh, they did do the disclaimers uh, appropriately. Uh, they probably could have gone into some detail about whether or not the company was guiding them, which we know they were because they all said the same things. But uh, that kind of stuff is not required under law, but I think is important. And I think if you are calling something a review, again, uh, making sure the viewers know what is your opinion versus something that was provided to you from the company is a very important distinction to make. So uh, those are the two ones that I wanted to point out at the outset. Now, the worst of the bunch was this video from the Hardware Canucks, and I want to play the intro to their video now. So I was looking for a new vacuum cleaner for my tiny studio, and we decided to collaborate with Dyson to give you guys an in-depth look at the new Cyclone V10 that's launching globally today. So you can hear him saying, oh, hey, we were out looking for a vacuum cleaner and we kind of stumbled across this opportunity. Uh, that's not what happened here. The agency reached out to you and said, hey, we want to pay you to do a vacuum cleaner video. And it would have been a lot easier and a lot less insulting to your viewers to just say that up front. But the thing that really got me with this intro, beyond the fact that they were stretching for a reason to be covering a vacuum cleaner on a tech channel, was the fact that he used the word collaborate to talk about the relationship that he had with Dyson. There was no indication that the product was given to him for free, and it also isn't very clear to the viewer that Dyson is in fact paying for the video that you're watching, and certainly the thumbnail didn't reflect that it was a sponsored post either. Now you will notice that there is this thing that says include paid promotion being overlaid on the video, but this is something that YouTube inserts, and it doesn't indicate who actually paid for the video. In fact, when I looked at some of the FTC rules about this kind of thing, uh, this is often not enough to give the viewer an idea as to who is exactly funding one of these videos. They really did not handle this well here, and I don't think this video, if it ever came down to an FTC uh, investigation, would pass muster. They really were not clear to the viewers about the relationship here, and to some degree, they were kind of misleading viewers into thinking they've been on this, this quest for a vacuum cleaner, which I don't think they were. Uh, and you can see here the uh, thumbs down to thumbs up ratio here is uh, certainly in indicative of the viewer response to this. And look, viewers are not dumb. They are savvy consumers, and you should treat them as such. And it doesn't hurt to just go out and tell everybody exactly what the relationship is. You don't have to say how much you're getting paid, but 
tell them the whole deal and I think people will appreciate that a lot more. Now, two creators I thought did a nice job with this insofar as not just presenting an advertisement but integrating it into their normal uh, product workflow. Uh, I, Justine, who's a really savvy creator on this platform, I think did a very entertaining video that uh, flowed with her usual workflow. She integrated some of her tech into uh, how she uh, covered the vacuum cleaner. She put a GoPro on the end of it, for example, and talked about how she did that. So I've always liked what she does. I think she's a very savvy business person and a savvy creator. And uh, if you are looking to get into this space, uh, she's someone really to watch and learn from because she is one of the uh, originals on YouTube and just on the internet in general. Really uh, well done video. I really liked what Linus did because what he did rather than just doing a vacuum cleaner commercial is he integrated it into a tour of his new studio. So the viewers got something out of it beyond just having to hear a pitch for a vacuum cleaner the whole time. And uh, I thought they did an exceptional job in uh, on this one. You can see they have close to a million views. This one probably did better than all the other videos did. Uh, and you can see here there's a much greater like to dislike ratio because, hey, we are doing the sponsorship, but we're integrating this into some other piece of content. And I thought he did a great job with that. But uh, his disclaimer verbally was non-existent. They did have a thing up at the beginning saying it was sponsored by Dyson. But again, I think it probably would have been a better thing to have him say it uh, up front. But uh, nonetheless, he was really just integrating this into another piece of content. And I thought that was really well done. And it showed respect for the audience because he knows his audience isn't going to want to sit through an advertisement for a vacuum cleaner. So let's do a studio tour, which we know we want to see and have the sponsorship as part of that. And he did a much better job with that than some of the other creators did. So why did Dyson do this? Well, they did this to dominate search for the launch of their product. And if you went on YouTube on day one, uh, that is what you're going to see. A lot of times companies embargo editorial reviews to a certain day so that uh, they have some degree of control as to when all these things get up. So there's a lot of content available to people to consume. And in this case, they were able to buy up a lot of that real estate in the sense that they've got all these top tech creators doing a video about the exact same thing that goes up at the exact same time. And that is uh, a strategy just to try to dominate the platform. And then if you were on, uh, for example, the iJustine video, maybe you'll see Linus's video next in your uh, Play Next feature there. And that's really, I think, what led to this uproar from Notebook Check is that their entire feed got filled up with these uh, vacuum cleaner videos all happening at the same time. And this really does speak to the fact that a lot of these marketers don't get this platform, that viewers don't want me to be giving you an ad pitch. You want some value in exchange for your time. And unlike television, which is where a lot of these agencies come from, uh, where you have no choice but to watch the commercial, here you do. Who's going to click on a thing that is just an advertisement for a vacuum cleaner and give up some of your time for that? I don't think that works very well. So what I have done on this channel when I do take sponsorships is that I try to uh, add value, make it interesting, give you something new to learn about. Uh, we've been, I think, very successful with some of the sponsored videos I did last year for Synology, uh, where we covered a feature in depth that help people who own the product learn more about it and maybe give people researching the product uh, more in-depth information about how a particular feature works. Those have done very well. I know the viewers have appreciated those. I do need to get a few more done uh, in the near future, perhaps. And uh, I think that is a good example of the kind of sponsorship I am comfortable with doing on this channel. Uh, we did something for Nokia where I talked about my weight loss and how you can use their products to help manage that. 
Uh, I thought that went, went very well, and a lot of you like that video too. And that's the kind of stuff that I feel comfortable doing. I do not do reviews for money. You might see things that I review that maybe later turn into a sponsorship arrangement because the brand liked how I uh, presented the product. And I'll give you a great example. Um, Kensington, who we just did a bunch of videos on their docking stations for, um, they reached out to me after a video that I did of their USB-C dock. And I was not uh, entirely favorable towards the product, but they liked the fact that I was giving consumers the information they needed to know prior to purchasing because the last thing any good brand wants is a customer who buys a product and is not satisfied with it. And even if it means they lose a sale on one side, uh, the fact that they have a customer not unsatisfied means that they maybe would be able to improve the product and come up with a better version that that customer might want to buy in the future and be happy with. And uh, that was interesting to have them reach out. And uh, for those things, again, we didn't do a product pitch. We went through how the uh, technology works and what you learned from that video on a Kensington dock would apply to one of their competitors' docks as well. And that's the kind of the thing that I'm looking for here. I do not do paid reviews, period. End of story. And I want you all to know that uh, moving forward here. So I want to propose something here to my fellow tech creators out there called the Disclosure Challenge. And I've been seeing uh, this improve now for some creators that I am friendly with interpersonally, but I think I want to extend this out a little bit so that uh, we can keep this platform uh, moving and growing and becoming a place where more people can earn a living doing uh, YouTube videos. And the Disclosure Challenge has the following bullet points to it. I want everyone when they do a video to say how the product was acquired, is anyone paying for the video? What's your relationship to the company, past, present, or perhaps maybe in the future? Is the viewer hearing your true opinion or a sales pitch? And has anyone reviewed the content before it was uploaded? This doesn't take any more than 20 or 30 seconds to do. People can skip over it if they want. It's become integrated into what I've been doing here. It's been working out fine. In fact, I think it's helped my viewers uh, uh, get more information about where I'm coming from. And I don't think it's that all that hard to do. So uh, I think what we should do here is that if you see your favorite creator doing a sponsored video, maybe point them at this. I'm going to put this up on the Snippets channel also, and I'll put a link to this down below in the video description. And let's see if we can get more creators doing this, because I think ultimately it will improve the platform as a whole and make it a better place, not only for creators, but for sponsors too, because everyone needs to be growing here for this platform to continue to succeed. And if this is just a bunch of paid advertorials that are not properly disclosed, I think this platform could be in trouble. And my Q&A for you this week is what do you think about sponsored content on this channel? And uh, what are some things that uh, you would like to see more of or less of? Or what kinds of sponsored content do you think would be uh, best suited for what I do here? Let me know down in the comments below. Unfortunately, it's just not economically viable not to have sponsored content on the channel to some degree. So it's just a fact of life at the moment. Uh, but if we ever get to a point where I'm satisfied with the uh, income coming in that I can continue to eat and feed the family without having to take as many sponsorships, I am certainly up for that. But uh, for right now, and I think this is the case for many other operations out there, uh, sponsored content is just part of the mix. It's been part of free media since its inception, and I don't think it's going away anytime soon. But how we do it is really important. So again, let me know what your thoughts are down below in the comments section. 
Our channel of the week this week is the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast. Now, as you all know, uh, given my wall of retro behind me that is on every video, I am uh, a big fan of technology from the 80s because this is the stuff that I grew up with. And this guy, Ferg, runs this great podcast where he uh, dives deeply into Atari 2600 games one by one. And you can see he's got some pretty lengthy podcasts here. Uh, he does a cool Christmas special where he has people call in with their holiday memories of their Atari games. And if you were a fan of the Atari 2600 like I was, and I suspect Sean Zoltek is too, uh, definitely check out the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast when you are out and about. So this week on the channel, I've got a couple of things I'm going to get to, and I may have some more things. I have to go to the mailbox and see what's waiting for me over there. I haven't been there in about a week due to all this crazy weather. Uh, I am hoping this is the week we finally get to this large format printer from Epson. I keep putting this up every week, and last week it was definitely the power adage that prevented this from getting reviewed. But it will be happening, and I've been using this printer, so you'll see how you can make use of a large format printer in your work environment. 8-Bit Doe, I think, is sending me this later in the week as well. Uh, this is a little wireless adapter that uh, will let you use, for example, a PS4 controller on a Nintendo Switch, or you can take that PS4 controller and plug it into your PC or Mac without having to install any special drivers or software. It kind of acts as like a universal uh, adapter for many different types of wireless controllers with many different types of platforms. So I need to do some more research on this to make sure I have a good mix of combinations I can present to you. But I like stuff that is like plug and play like this, so I'm eager to check it out. It costs about 20 bucks, so I will be putting it through its paces hopefully a little later in the week. And there's probably some more stuff waiting for me in my mailbox when I get there. So if you want to see some other previews of what's coming up, I'll probably be unboxing it on the Extras channel this week. Now, if you want to help the channel, you can. You can go to lon.tv support and make a monthly or one-time contribution to the channel. Uh, every dollar we get there is another dollar closer to not having to take sponsorships on the channel on a regular basis. So uh, one day it'd be great to be fully viewer supported, but uh, every little bit helps. And as you all know, the uh, funds brought in through the uh, support mechanism goes directly to our assistant producer, Corey, who some of you met on the uh, build we did a week or two ago for his gaming PC. He's been big help here on the channel, and uh, those funds are being put to good use and creating a job, basically, for somebody, which is awesome. We also have an ongoing relationship with Plex, so if you sign up for a free Plex account, no Credit card required, we get a small commission. We'll get a larger commission if you sign up for a Plex Pass or gift it to somebody else, and you can follow those links there to do all of that. I've got some other channels that you might want to check out. The Extras channel, where I unbox stuff and do supplementary content. I didn't have anything up last week, but I do have some stuff I'm going to unbox this week on it, so be on the lookout for that. We have the podcast, which is now getting more interesting because for a long time, it's just been the audio version of this. Uh, but I am now once a month doing some other uh, longer form content, which will be here and there, and it's all suited for audio, so it's going to be a, a fun thing for me to be doing, so I'm looking forward to doing more podcasting. We have the Snippets channel at lon.tv snippets for uh, chunks of what you see here in more digestible, search-friendly form, and we have our live stream link at lon.tv slash live streams, which is the archive of all of my prior live streams, and I might, that's a big M here, might uh, do one on Friday if I get caught up here in the studio, because because uh, that uh, Minix PC might be a good candidate for our little GPU experiment I've been meaning to run for a while. I got in one of these external GPU kits from GearBest that allows you to get these low-end PCs paired up with a GPU, 
and that PC is very accessible from just the overall hardware perspective. I can just pop off the bottom here and run that cable into it. So I might do that on Friday. Uh, so what you might want to do is subscribe to my email list, which I'll get to in a second. Now, if you like what I'm doing, I do suggest you hit that notification bell so you get a notification every time I do go live or post something to the channel. And then, of course, we have some engagement options here. Uh, my email list is a great way if I have something to announce on the channel to get that out to all of you. I, I email very infrequently. I don't like to just send out email for the sake of it. So uh, you can subscribe there and feel assured of uh, not getting bombarded too much. We have the Facebook page at lon.tv slash Facebook, which is where I post things. And then we're trying out that new Facebook group at lon.tv slash Facebook group. And then we have the store at lon.tv slash store. And if you want an alert every time something gets posted to the store, you can subscribe for a special email there where I post things every time something new gets added there. I do have some things I need to get rid of, which will be going up on the store soon. Usually those are things that I reviewed here on the channel and I'm now selling because I bought them in the first place. So uh, be on the lookout there. I'm also contemplating doing a, a, like a weekly automatic email that pushes out everything I posted in the prior week. And if that's something that appeals to you that you think might be interesting, uh, let me know down in the comments below and I'll get that set up. But it'll be a separate email from the one that I send out manually. Because again, I don't want to assume that everybody wants to see that. So let me know what you think of that down below in the comment stream. And that is going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. Thank you all for bearing with me. And uh, thank you all for helping continue the discussion about how to properly disclose our relationships on the platform because I really believe that uh, growing this platform requires everyone to be doing better, myself included. So that's going to do it. Once again, thank you all for your support. And I'll see you again very soon. This is Lon Seibin. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by the Lon.TV supporters including gold-level supporters of the Black Eyed and Blues Music Hour podcast, Chris Allegretta, and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv slash support to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.